Today we talk about how much sex is enough. I'm Dr. Mark Amos, and this is Taco About Fertility Tuesday. How much sex is enough? A question probably not asked by many of the men. But the question that's very important. And today, we talk about that. Now, let me just start by saying, there was never a point in my life that I thought I wouldn't want to have intercourse. And then when trying to have a kid, there was a point in my life where I didn't want to have intercourse. Because, as many of you find, yes, it could be fun, but it also can be a chore when you're trying to do it at specific times and you're not doing it spontaneously. Now, common sense would tell you there's never too much, right? More sex means there might be more sperm there and more chance of getting pregnant. But in reality, that's not completely true. And on the same token, it doesn't mean people need to spread out sex too much either. In reality, it depends on the person. Generally, we recommend having intercourse every other day. Now, the benefit of here is that you are improving your chances with a frequency, but not reducing them by too much frequency. If you are someone who has a borderline normal sperm sample, and you are having intercourse every day, then the chances are you could be producing too little on each of those days, lowering your chances of having success. On the other hand, if your sperm sample is completely normal, or even very high, then frequent intercourse is likely not going to cause an issue. may cause a strain on your relationship, but it won't reduce your chances of getting pregnant. Now, the important thing to understand is that men are not making the sperm when you are having certain frequency between intercourse. Sperm is made 70 to 90 days prior, and it's maturing as it goes down the canals to be eventually ejaculated. So when you think about it and you think, well, we didn't wait long enough, they can't make enough, that's actually not correct. You're waiting for it to come down that tube to be ejaculated. And so if your count is very high, you can ejaculate multiple times in a day and can potentially still have a decent enough semen analysis to be able to get pregnant. On the same token, there are some people who don't have as high a count and their semen analysis would be bad if we did it multiple times. I've had examples where patients have come in to do what are called artificial inseminations where the partner comes in and gives a bad sperm sample. And we know he has a history of good sperm, so we tell him, come back in again. And they're always thinking, there's no way there's going to be any sperm there. I just gave some earlier. And the reality, that next sperm sample will be perfectly normal. And the reason why is because you're not making the sperm during those two periods. The sperm is just building up and coming down those tubes to be ejaculated. So now that we've covered the frequency of sex, which we say every two days is fine, the next question is when to have intercourse. Do you just have it all the time? Which I'm sure a lot of men would say yes. Do you have it in the beginning of the cycle, near the end of the cycle? When the ovulation kits say you're ovulating? So we'll discuss that. 
So when you're talking about just in general when to have intercourse, you really want to have intercourse prior to ovulation. And the benefit is that the sperm can live in the reproductive tract for up to five days. So even if you're not having intercourse on the day you ovulate, the sperm is ready there to fertilize the egg. On the other hand, if you wait until you ovulate, it's possible you could miss the ovulation because once the egg is released, there's only about 24 hours where it can be fertilized and then it dies. And so the way you figure out where your cycle is in the mid-cycle is you take your cycle length and then you subtract about 14 days from the end of the cycle length to figure out around when you're ovulating. So for example, if your cycle was 28 days, then you're probably ovulating around cycle day 14. If your cycle is, let's say, 35 days, then you're likely ovulating on cycle day 21. I would recommend that you should probably start having relations three to five days before you ovulate. So if you're that 28-day cycle person, you would start on cycle day, say, nine to cycle day 14. Now, not all of us are fortunate enough to have enough time and freedom to have relations as many times as we want. And so some of us use ovulation kits to not only help us know when you're ovulating, but sometimes they'll also make it so you don't have to have relations too much to get pregnant. Now with ovulation kits, it's important to understand they do not test for ovulation. What they test for is anticipating ovulation by looking at a hormone called LH, luteinizing hormone. Now I've gone over this in other topics before where I've explained not everyone is a good candidate for ovulation kits, what are actually called ovulation predictor kits, OPKs. So if you don't have a regular monthly cycle, you probably shouldn't be using OPKs because they're not going to be very useful for you and will probably be wrong. But generally, just like we talked about with intercourse being between cycle days 9 and 14, that's around the time you start the ovulation predictor kits, either cycle day 9 or 10. And then it doesn't mean you can't have intercourse before then, but once you see it positive, you're wanting to have intercourse that night and then again 24 hours. Now, from the point you see the peak on the ovulation predictor kit, you usually will ovulate 24 hours later. Another method that is not commonly used, but that is actually very good, is looking at cervical mucus. At the point where it becomes stretchy, is no longer just plain liquidy, but becomes stretchy, that usually predicts ovulation by about three days. So in that situation, if you're using mucus, I would recommend having your course starting the day you see it, and then every other day for a few days. Now, what about during treatment? Should you be having intercourse during treatment? Well, as usual, I'll say you should talk to your doctor if I'm not your doctor because they may want to do things different. But in general, you don't need to worry about having intercourse during artificial insemination cycles because from the point you're told to take your trigger shot that makes you ovulate, you're going to have at least 36 hours until you do the IUI, which means he will have at least 36 hours for sperm to be brought down the tubes to be ejaculated. And that's plenty because in the end, quality is always more important than quantity. You can even make the argument 
that waiting too long can actually make the sperm poor quality. And so it's really important to sometimes still have relations during IUIs so there's not such a long time between the point that you do the IUI and how long it's been since his last ejaculation. I even have some people who are not in the same state purposely ejaculate wherever they are so when they get to Arizona for their IVF cycle, it's only been a few days since the last ejaculation. And that's exactly what we do with IVF. We don't refrain people from having intercourse. We tell them they can have as much intercourse as they want. However, we tell them the day of the trigger, we have them having intercourse. And then two days later, we get the semen for the fertilization of the eggs. So we've now talked about how often you should have intercourse when trying to get pregnant. We've talked about how often you should have intercourse during IUIs or IVF. But the next question is, does it matter how you have intercourse? Does one position work better than the other? This is one of those technical questions where you can say, yes, there is one position that has a better chance, but it's more after the act of intercourse is why it's more important. And that is the classical missionary position. When you're in the missionary position, the vagina angles downwards. And what that does is, is that allows the sperm as it liquefies to now work its way down to the bottom of the vagina into what we call the vaginal fornix, and it will bathe the cervix in the sperm. And we usually recommend sitting there for about 15 minutes. Some women will even put a pillow under their buttocks to elevate that vaginal canal a little bit higher. But the point is, is that when you are you know, jackaling afterwards, staying in that position. Now, does that mean you can't have relation to other positions? No, have intercourse any way you want. But once you're done ejaculating, it's probably good to get into that position of where you're laying on your back and allowing that higher chance. And I know some people think maybe positions can change the sex of the baby. The answer is absolutely not. I wish it was that easy. The last part I want to bring up is a question about orgasm. This is something I've been asked multiple times by women is, do I need an orgasm to be able to help improve our chances of pregnancy? And the answer easily is no, you do not have to to get pregnant. But where that question is coming from is not illogical. It's actually based off of why we think uterine contractions can occur, such an orgasm that can actually push sperm through the fallopian tubes. And so even when we do artificial inseminations, we purposely will touch the top of the uterus that cause the uterus to spasm. And then what that does is that helps push the sperm down the fallopian tubes. So I've had people ask me, do I need to now go have an orgasm after an IUI to help improve? And the answer is no. And you don't need to worry about that at home either. In the end, people get pregnant without even trying to get pregnant. So all these things we always talk about are there to improve your chances. In the end, you don't have to listen to any of this. If you want to have intercourse every day, more power to you. If you don't want to have it as often, again, you can get pregnant. All these things we talk about are just to help you get pregnant, but there are many people who do none of these and get pregnant and don't want to. So definitely don't take it as biblical but take it more as 
suggestions. I'm always thankful to everyone who listens to this podcast. I'm really excited to be doing it again. And anytime you can, please review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere that has our podcast. It only helps other people learn about us and helps us spread the word. Until next week, this is Talk About Fertility Tuesday. Tuesday.